Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> The Impossible Vase, written by Brian Marler, narrated by Justin Fife. Do you believe yourself to be a good person, Mr. Tan? The question rang in the air, as if it were a note at the end of a song. Tad Williams looked at the shopkeeper with a smirk, his arrogance shining through. The shopkeeper continued, I'm not asking if you do good things. I have no doubt that you do. But if the scales were brought out and your good deeds weighed against your bad, would it show you to be a good man? The man speaking was holding a small vase, barely a meter tall and pitch black. It was as though there was a complete absence of light in and around the mysterious vessel. Through that suffocating and possible blackness, however, was a pattern which was constantly changing and swirling like a mass of clouds in the sky. The vase was sealed with a lid covered in strange symbols that moved in a similar fashion to the pattern on the sides. Tad, entranced by its beauty, stared at the object as his mind wandered. Not on the shopkeeper's question, but instead on how his friends and colleagues might stare in awe if he were to have this piece among his collection at home. I think I'm a pretty good guy, yeah. So, uh... How much for the vase? 
Todd shot the question without his eyes leaving the artifact. It's not as simple as Doris and Sense, Mr. Tapp. This is not just any vase. The shopkeep wasn't as old as you would expect an antique stealer to be, but he had eyes that looked like they were filled to the brim with stories and wisdom. Unfortunately, he was not speaking to someone with patience or curiosity. Listen, Ahmed, Tad snapped, not actually knowing the man's name. I don't think you understand. I collect things, valuable things. See this ring? He lifted up his left hand and pointed to his wedding ring. The gold band glistened in the light, revealing an etched cross in the side. This is a -a one-of-a-kind Welsh gold ring. Some duke or bishop or someone old and dead used to own it, but now it belongs to me. The Tad. The Tad doesn't mess around. He clicked his pen and swiftly pulled a checkbook out of the front pocket of his jacket. So, how many digits is it going to take? Tad had wandered into the small storefront in Jerusalem because of a sparkling necklace he had seen in the window, but stayed when he spotted the vase in a back room. He asked the man bring it forward for him to look at. This, the shopkeeper whispered, is the vase of al the eye of the jungle. It is said that long ago there was a wise king. I didn't ask for a history lesson, Todd interrupted. Old gods, pyramids, curses, blah, blah. It's always the same story. I asked for a prize. He knew that he needed to add the impossible vase to his collection immediately. He didn't care where it came from, just about the reputation it would help him build. Your routine may work in any other shop, but it will not work on me, Mr. Tan. First, you listen, for it may save your life. The shopkeeper slowly walked to the front of the store, closed and locked the front door, turning off the open sign. A nervous spark crept up Tad's spine, but was quickly extinguished before it could have any effect on him. He did notice, though, a small hum in the air. It created a small questioning itch. The hum, that small sound, seemed to be coming from the vase sitting on the counter in front of him. It felt as though it were calling to him. Now, where was I? Ah, yes. It is said that long, long ago, There was a very wise king that ruled a small area between here and Babylon. His reign was filled with peace and tranquility because of his great wisdom. He could quickly find the solution to any problem that presented itself to his kingdom, and his people loved him for it. While he was a wise king, however, he was not a humble one. He knew how great and wise he was, which led him to seek out the solution to life's greatest problem. Death. As he grew old, he struggled with trying to find a way to, how do Westerners say, cheat death. Eventually, the king grew old and sick, confined to his bed. In an act of desperation, he called for the most powerful magicians in all the land to come and heal his broken body. Only one magician came. His name was Al-Kali. 
This magician was known for meddling with the darkest magic, and some even said that he would have dinner with the great deceiver himself to learn more. This was of no concern to the king. Al-Gadig offered the king a solution. He could make him immortal, but he must be relieved of his earthly body. It was possible, Al-Qadi told the king, to become something else entirely, but it would require a journey to the darkest parts of the magician's spellbook. The wise king, in a moment of foolish pride, agreed. The king and the magician were locked away in a castle tower for days. Sounds of madness and terror echoed from the windows of the tower bringing crowds from all around, waiting to see what the magician was doing for their great king. Finally, after days of work, Al-Qadi came out from within the tower, holding something in his hands. It was an object, he explained, that could judge the hearts of men perfectly. If it judged them to be good, they would be granted immeasurable wealth and prosperity. If they were judged as evil, he said, it would consume them. The object, Al-Qadi proclaimed, was forged from the very wisdom of the king they loved and contained the still-beating heart of their great leader. The shopkeeper finished his story with a look of satisfaction on his face. You've got to be kidding me, Todd laughed. You may think I'm some stupid American that you can pull one over on, but I'm not buying. There is no such thing as magic, and I sure as heck don't believe that this vase is made out of a king. He slid his checkbook into his jacket pocket, pulled out a pair of sunglasses, and turned away toward the door. Do you hear the king's voice? The shopkeeper asked. Some people think it's a hum. Others a buzzing, but I hear more of a quiet, steady drum, not unlike a heartbeat. That statement made Tad's own heart skip a beat. He stopped in his tracks and turned his head back toward the man with curiosity. If you just ask, he is ready to judge you. If you take his test, you don't even have to pay me for this face. I will gladly give it to you. You have no reason to be afraid. After all, magic isn't real, right? There was a period of silence as the young man contemplated his answer. The patterns on the side of the vase swirled and turned in a hypnotic fashion, drawing Tad in. It was true. He didn't believe in magic. hum started again. It was almost calming now, sinking with the swirling pattern on the vase. As he stood there, he felt his eyelids droop and his head suddenly became heavy. His breathing slowed and his heartbeat leveled off. Two words escaped his lips before he even knew they were on his tongue. Judge me, he whispered. His eyes grew wide as he snapped out of his hypnotic state. That's not what he wanted to do or say. 
the hum suddenly grew louder and louder. Tad wanted to leave, but his feet were like cinder blocks. He fell to the ground, unable to move at all. The hum was now a monstrous thumping, like a giant heart beating over and over again. Thump, thump, thump. He couldn't breathe. His lungs burned as he tried desperately to gasp for air, but his body failed him. Every order his brain sent to his limbs and organs was ignored. Thump, thump, thump. The room spun around him. His vision darkened. Thump. He began to pass out. Thump. Ting. Ting, ting. Something was different. Ting. The noise changed. It was like metal on metal now. It almost sounded like coins. Tad's vision cleared. His lungs filled with air and his body could move again. Tad's eyes shifted towards the vase, and he almost passed out again at the sight of hundreds of gold coins pouring out of it. The sound he was hearing was from coins forming a pile on the worn carpet in front of the counter. He struggled to his feet and stumbled over to the pile. They were gold coins, and looked to be very old. Well, it looks like we know what kind of man you are now, Mr. Tad, the shopkeeper said with a smile. Tad was confused. Everything had happened so fast that he barely had a handle on what was occurring. He reached down and picked up a handful of coins from the floor. They were real. The magic was real. He had millions of questions going through his head, but the priority now was getting out of the store and back to the hotel. Magic or no magic, he had a ton of coins to haul. I told you I'm a good guy. Now, you can hand over the vase, and while you're at it, grab me a bag for my money. Tad's arrogance was showing again. He was proud of himself. Here, buy yourself something nicer than those rags you've got on. He started to flip a coin to the shopkeeper, but something changed again. What the? He gasped. Thump. He looked down, and the coins were no longer beautiful gold currency, but instead a black wet mass that swelled on the floor next to him. It had leaked onto the spot he was standing on as well. Thump. Thump. Tad watched as the coins in his hand melted away into the black goo. He tried to drop it, but it was sticking to his skin. It burned, and he tried to shake it off, but no amount of movement would release him from its grip. He stood in horror as it grew and completely engulfed his hand and crept down his arm. The mass on the floor began to swallow his legs, and the burning intensified. He felt like he was on fire. A scream erupted from his lips, and his eyes were wide in terror. Thump, thump, thump. It was over in just under a minute. Tad Williams struggled to breathe as the mass covered his entire body, only his head uncovered. It swelled and burned around him. As it crept up his neck, he screamed and tried to move, but it was of no use. Before the black goo finally overtook him, he looked at the shopkeeper. He was smiling. Thump. The door of the shop dinged as a young man no older than twelve walked in. He crept among the shelves, scanning every piece in the glass cabinets. His eyes were filled with awe at the precious stones and gold in front of him. 
the boy made his way to the front of the store, where he found an older man sitting behind the counter, polishing the most beautiful black base he had ever seen. Why, hello there, young man. What is your name? The shopkeeper smiled and stood up, leaning over the counter. The boy hesitated before answering the question, his eyes still fixated on the vase. My name is Kamal. What's yours? The boy scanned the glass case inside the counter the man was leaning on. It was full of smaller jewelry, like earrings and rings. Something in that case caught his attention. It was a beautiful gold ring. It had a cross etched onto the side of it. It's nice to meet you, Kamal. My name is Al. Al Kali. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. The Impossible Vase was written by J.M. Bryan, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Z plus E squared and Tom Robson. So you like the short stories told in the medium of audio? Well, we got something to show you. Something secret, something special. We've got stories you ain't heard before, and these aren't the stories mother used to tell you. Nor are they the stories that we tell you. These are the other other stories so once a month we put a secret exclusive other story on our patreon feed and it's available only to our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver so if you want to get in on a piece of that action head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and pledge from as little as one pound until next time